0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning, and thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Source of Truth podcast and our daily live stream devotional. Uh, It truly is a blessing to continue to be with you on this Monday morning and we thank you for taking uh, the time at the beginning of this week uh, focus your attention on God and hopefully just get a few minutes of encouragement from the Word of God. I I mentioned yesterday in church that there's so much noise out there today and it's so easy to be consumed with your thinking, with your beliefs, with your actions, with your fears. Uh, by the noise, and the problem is the no- it's just called noise because the opinions and the thinkings just keep changing. Some of it we just don't have all the information we need. Some of it is people purposely wanna bring confusion. Can I, remem- can I remind you of something when we start this passage that I think really fits in? The Bible tells us that God is not the author of confusion. Uh, God desires things to be done in decency and in order. Now, please don't get me wrong. You know, there's, there's, there needs to be room for the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. But when you find something that breeds nothing but confusion and, there's, and is in total disorder, and you look at it, man, it just brings more and more confusion and more and more chaos. That is not of God. That is of Satan, who does everything the opposite of God. So God loves a certain kind of music. Satan perverts it for something else. God loves certain things he's created to be wonderful. God perverts it for other things. Um, so God loves order, and he loves things to be done in a way that brings as much, no confusion and, and peace. Therefore, Satan works the exact opposite to bring confusion, chaos and destruction. So please understand that what you're seeing remember the Bible clearly tells us that Satan is the prince and the power of the air. So what we're seeing today is just Satan working as God has given him freedom to him, and sinful man following that Today it's interesting as we'll look at Habakkuk chapter 3. We're going to begin in the third chapter. And I tell you, again, it's a unique chapter. I, I've enjoyed studying it. It takes a little more time and prep, but I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's not a book that I've done a lot of personal study outside of this, and so I've appreciated and enjoyed the challenge. Uh, it's been a unique point of view, and we're going to, in this next couple days, go through chapter 3. But one of the things that I think has intrigued me, at least been encouraging to me, as has been true in my journey over the last few weeks, and this is, is as you look at this, you're going to see today a very different approach, Habakkuk's different approach, from how he started the book in Habakkuk chapter 1 to the beginning of chapter 3. And we're going to see a, a different view, and it's interesting, uh, when we look at this, how just the actions in communicating to God allowed Habakkuk to see something that frustration, confusion, just did not allow him to see. Ultimately, what we're going to see is that when we stop and just honestly spend time with God and ask him, what are you doing, Uh, we are able to see it. It doesn't always make sense and we can't always stop it. And sometimes we wonder, Lord, could you not do this? But we understand that God is God, God is sovereign, God is good, God is amazing. And so because of that, when we get a better view of God, it changes our view of the world, it changes our view of our struggles, it changes our view of ourselves, and that is so necessary. So I'm glad you're with us, and we're going to go ahead and jump into Habakkuk chapter 3. We're just going to do the first two verses uh, this morning. So Habakkuk chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, A prayer of Habakkuk. The prophet upon, I think it says, Shagoinoth. Someone will probably tell me I'm pronouncing it wrong, which I probably am. Verse 2, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. The first thing I want to do as I looked at this, is I read in one of the commentaries I look at, and I tell you, this. I didn't even notice it until I read this, and it's an interesting point. So what we want to do is I want to read the first couple of verses of chapter 1. Remember chapter 1, Habakkuk has been watching the depravity of the nation of Judah, has been struggling, asking why God's ignoring all the sin and hasn't done anything. And so Habakkuk, as a prophet of God, is coming to God, shall we say frustrated, asking what is going on. So verse 1 of chapter one the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see O Lord how, here's this how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear even cry out of thee a violence and thou wilt not save so you see the first of all he comes with frustration Lord all of all of this you know is there why you're remaining silent then in the beginning of verse three the prayer he what he says actually verse two oh Lord chapter three verse two oh lord Ha, I have heard thy speech. It was afraid. The word afraid could also be, could be in awe. O oh Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. Two different points of view. And what happened was this. Remember throughout as we've studied this, we've mentioned that one of the things that's true and necessary is when we come to God to be transparent and to be open. To come, it's perfectly right and good to ask God questions. Why this? Why that? Why not this? And to come to God and just say, I don't get it. Why aren't you allowing these things to happen? Why are you allowing these to happen? Why aren't you stepping in? Lord, what's going on? And we ask these things. Remember we said sometimes we can feel... As though asking these things is blasphemous or wrong, when it's not, it's good. If you lack wisdom, ask of God. Now, it also says in that passage, let him ask in faith. It doesn't mean faith in what we think is the answer, it's faith in God. So whatever answer we get is good if we ask in faith in our belief in God. So, Habakkuk has kind of spoken his heart honestly, in, in, in what seems to be a level of frustration to God, then he gets this answer from God of the punishment that's going to become Judah, and he says, "Whoa, why, why are you doing this?" And and then we see that God says, "I'm going to bring punishment to Judah through Babylonians, and then I'm going to punish the Babylonians." He says that in chapter two, and he just we talked about gave five woes um, to the people of Babylon, and so he starts this kind of concluding thought as he's been able to spend time with God and see God, and here's kind of the thought he comes to God. I've been able to ask my questions, I've been able and you have been gracious to listen and to speak to me and in that I have seen the sovereignty of God, I have seen the grace of God, I have seen the goodness of God and I have learned that God's actions, his work, his movements are good. And as you spend time with God you learn that God's, he's good, His, his actions are good, his plan. He's a gracious, loving God. See, unfortunately, when we're frustrated, and and, and understandably frustrated, life, especially during this pandemic, has brought large amounts of frustration to all of us. Things absolutely outside of control, which probably exasperates the frustration. Wondering, why, God, are you allowing this? I don't believe that's a wrong question. Here's why. If I ask God, why are you allowing this? And I'm willing to sit back and watch. I believe that if I say, God, why are you allowing this, but that I watch with open eyes, I will begin to see what God is trying to do. Sometimes over the last year, I've, I've been asking God direction in certain areas, and it seems like this is going to be, and then, but the answer just didn't seem always to make sense. Really, is this what you want, Lord? And, and as I've looked at that, I've seen God move specifically. I've learned much in my life of what it means to get out of the way and let God lead. It's gotta be one of the hardest lessons I've learned because I, you drive and you think this is it and just sitting back watching is it's not always easy because we, are, we love to control the situation. It brings us comfort. And actually losing control and giving it to God is actually the greatest source of comfort as you see him move. So he has a very different view of his God because of his time with him. So I, a simple practical application, at least to this part. Please understand that come to God. Don't do it in a, I gotta be spiritual, say certain things. Come to God honestly. Come to God Respectfully. Come to God honestly. He says, come boldly before the throne of grace. Lord, what's going on? Why? Be honest with God, because in those times, David said, I will cry unto God. Don't sit back and say, I've got to act a certain way. Come to God. Come to God honestly, boldly, transparently, and be amazed at what God will show you. I wish I could say he will always change your scenario. As we talk of those in our church struggling with cancer and struggling with COVID and struggling, or those family members with COVID, and you say, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem fair. It's not always going to. But I can learn about a God who gives comfort in the midst of these chaotic times. But let me give you a section here. It's interesting. I, I read a word that, again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing correctly. The last word in verse, uh, verse 1 of Shagoinath shai or Shag, uh, whatever. I don't want to hurt myself trying to do this, but let, let me encourage you in this aspect. What's that mean? I looked it up. It's actually talking, uh, what we understand is that all of chapter 3 by many commentators is concerning one of the greatest aspects of Hebrew poetry as there's uh, the way they use figurative language to explain what ultimately is the coming of God. But the figurative language just to to beautify what's being said is amazing. So this is really a song. In fact, the word selah is used many times and the other book of the Bible, Selah, is used, it is in the book of Psalms that David, the author, the songwriter used. And so we see that there's poetry, which is also turned into music, and we begin to see that through this. So shigo, sh- sh- whatever the word is, I, it really comes down to, I think it's shagoynath. I do. But as I've looked it up, uh, many look it to say, um, because of the sins that we find ourselves in. One says it means a wandering. What we see is it's a beginning of a song, and it talks about the, because of our actions, our sins, and our wandering, the actions that God's going to bring us good. Yeah, we don't like what's happening. We don't like what we see. Here's a way to apply it. How does that work? To apply it today. America, for decades, has done everything it could to get as far away from God. Uh, in, in, in a murdering and abortions, getting God out of the public schools and all these things. And, and what's happening is God says, you know what? I'm going to give you up to your vile affections. I am going to give you what you want. And so what we're enjoying today and experiencing today in our culture is God saying, you get what you want. There are consequences to your decisions and so we sit in a nation where for years you say God why aren't you doing something and God is saying I am this is what it is God is doing something because of the actions of the choice of our country no surprise we find ourselves where we're in I, I, shall we say we deserve to be here so what does that say to us we'll give another point here so he gives this music and so he starts in verse 2 oh Lord I have heard thy speech I've heard everything you told me of what's happening and was afraid we're afraid to go. When I was in awe, I was a surprise. Lord, I can't believe you would do this. I learned something about my God. Can I encourage you when I look at this, we sit in awe? This was not a fear of my goodness, my God's crazy. This is a fear that my God is good. See, God is good, God is gracious, but God is holy. You see, one of the things that I think we can often miss when we focus on the grace of God, and don't get me wrong, it's a great focus, it's a necessary thing, it's a truth, uh, and most of the New Testament's written based upon the grace of God. I would state that most of the Old Testament's written off that. But often, if we're not careful, we look at the grace of God. Remember when Paul said in Romans, um, only is not liberty as an occasion to the flesh. Simply meaning, don't let the truth of God's grace and the truth of your liberty be an excuse to live in sin, to please your flesh. Use it to honor God. So what happens is we look at God as a gracious God. And if all we see God as a gracious God, here's what we do. Well, God is gracious, therefore he's good. And therefore, if what he's doing isn't always nice and always helpful and always kind, then it can't be God because God is gracious and only does kind, nice things. Like, like a fluffy teddy bear in the sky. Please don't take that wrong. You We're coming from we miss the holiness of God why would God in his grace put Jesus on the cross because of his holiness he could not look upon sin you know what that means he could not look upon us and so God had to place his only begotten son on a cross and then turn his back on him for a period of time so that Jesus could bear the punishment for your sin and my sin that is grace and holiness colliding upon the cross And his holiness was quelched by the goodness and grace of God. To look at the grace of God, you cannot have grace without holiness. You can't understand what grace means if I don't understand a holy God. And a holy God is not a mean God. A holy God is not an angry God. A holy God is not a bitter... A holy God is a righteous, just God that says sin has consequence. Crimes have punishments. These things have to happen. And he says, I look at this, and here's what he said... I've seen what you are, and you are good and gracious in what you're doing. I've heard it, and i sit at all. He says, O Lord, revive thy works in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember. Here's what he says. While you're doing what you're doing, in the time that the children of Israel, the Jew, Jew, nation of Judah, will find itself in punishment, revive them, regather them, bring them back together, use this to bring your nation back to you. Can I give you a very simple application today? The first one is this, look at our world. Should what's happening in the world not drive us back to God? Should it not? Too many people wanna blame God. No, it's our own decisions as a nation, and shall I say as Christians, to become somewhat complacent that we find ourselves where we are. And should not what's happening drive us to God? Should not what's happening to make us closer and more passionate to God? Let's look at our own lives. God's using something to get our attention. Should it drive us, should it not drive us to God? This is what we should be learning. Revive thy work. Should God, hopefully God will revive this church in this time. Even if it is the last time. We don't know. But wouldn't it be great if God did a great revival and just brought that many more people to Him in this last decade that He's given us? May we be sensitive to looking at His moving. Remember, in, the, in thy wrath, in all that you do that is needed, remember mercy. Please continue to have mercy in us, which he did in Israel, and he will continue to do to his church. Again, church in Israel, two different points of view, but the application is so true here today. Sometimes we sit back and say, Lord, I don't understand what's happening right now in our country. I don't understand what's happening in my family. I don't understand why this, and I don't understand why that. And it seems like you're leading it, but it doesn't make sense. It will not always make sense. That is why prayer is so important, because prayer realigns me with God's direction. It gets me in line with Him. It doesn't move God to where I want Him to be. True, honest, humble prayer moves me in line with God. And when I get there, I begin to view God so differently than the world does so differently than I did in the past. And I grow in him in a way that brings strength and peace and comfort that doesn't, that did not make sense a year ago before I'm there. And in that work, God can move and God can bring peace and God can revive us. May we allow what he's doing to speak and move in our hearts and allow it to change us. In the coming verses, we're going to look it's some poetry that talks about the day that God comes and God coming back in his work. And it's some great measures of encouragement. And so we'll look forward to that over the next couple of days. I tell you, uh, we look at a book that's thousands of years old, but yet it's so practical to 2020. Aren't you glad that God's word's relevant? God's word is practical and God's word's a help. Let me encourage you on this. If you're watching this and you're not saved, the simple answer is not religion, it's not church, it's not just studying the Bible. It's placing your trust in Jesus and accepting him for eternal work. That is what's needed. If you're not saved, I encourage you today, call upon Jesus. Find the answer, not in church or religion, but in Jesus. And then once you've found Jesus, get part of a good church where that church can help you to grow in your love and your walk with Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity to be part of your day today, to speak into you and to unpack the word of God. I hope it was an encouragement and a help, and we look forward to continue this, and I hope you continue to stick with us as we continue to study God's word on a daily basis. We love you, hope you have a great afternoon. God bless.